All right, moms, I want you to hang up your capes for a minute. The supermom syndrome is real. Take a listen to this. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. So today I have with me Lynn Turka Shu. Lynn is a mentor, speaker, and educator who supports mamas in letting go of society's expectations and redefining their motherhood experience for themselves. She is the founder of the Happy Mama Wellness Community, the place to be for mamas who love their kids but aren't loving the day-to-day of motherhood. When Lynn isn't working with mamas, you can find her with her wife and daughter on their 14-acre homestead, probably hanging out with her rabbits or chickens, getting dirty in the garden, or leading a wicked awesome kitchen dance party. So welcome, Lynn, today. This is a great conversation. You guys aren't going to want to miss it. It's just candid and real, and Lynn has great tips, great advice, and she even has a mama's group to support everybody in this journey. So here we go. Hi, Lynn. I am so excited to have you with me this afternoon and dig into this topic. I think it will, I know it will resonate so profoundly with our audience. And I'm really excited to talk about like the real stuff with this super mom concept. But anyway, let me start by having you just give a brief introduction to yourself and what you do. And then we're going to get into this whole super mom topic. I would love that. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be here, Jill. So super mom, just in general, and I know we're going to dig deep into this, but super mom is kind of the ideal that society tells us we need to be the do it all, have it all, don't ask for help, look beautiful while it's happening. <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't ever do anything but smile. And she's completely fake. So my (laughs) mission is to take her down, but in a loving way, I guess. So I help moms who are feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out trying to live up to that ideal. I help them love themselves and their life as much as they love their kids. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's open by talking about what I call this super mom syndrome, right? and what it's all about and and why it came about. You and I spoke a little bit about how it came about. And I had another part of that too, I was going to mention to you about why I think it came about as well, but I'll let you start with that. Yeah. So there's a lot of like theories, I guess, because this is a, it's a newer thing in that we're all just kind of waking up out of this fog and realizing, <laughs> but it seems to have gotten its start kind of when we were the homemakers in the, you know, in the 50s, that typical housewife look beautiful when our partner comes home, have perfectly behaved children, perfectly clean house, dinner on the table, don't complain about anything, and then move forward a couple decades. And just financially, it was not really feasible to be living off of one income anymore. And so we had to go into the workforce. But Mm -hmm. instead of the duties being evenly split when we went into the workforce, and by we, I mean, you know, the moms of the house, we ended up having to do both roles. Like the expectation of us was that we were going to go and earn a paycheck and also still watch the kids and keep the house and do all the meals and just do everything and not complain about it. And so in my opinion, that's kind of the genesis of it. And then, you know, we're starting to wise up and say, hey, this isn't really fair and it's not doable. And I don't enjoy my life when I'm trying to live like this. And I have the right to enjoy my life too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because what I was going to say was I know when you and I spoke, we talked about sort of the 50s housewife, right? Which 
gosh, when we look back at that and like, I don't know if for anyone who's watched Mrs. Maisel, if you see one of the first couple episodes, it takes place in the fifties and they actually go to bed with their makeup for their husbands, make sure they fall asleep with it, get up, like make sure that they take it off when their husband's asleep, then get up early before he wakes up and get their face made up again to get back in bed. I mean, it just, you know, that's an extreme version, but like if you've watched Mrs. Maisel, it's really interesting. But I think the other part of it that you bring up is that I do feel like in the 80s, which is that time where women were feeling more liberated and going back into the workforce, and it was supposed to be more of a liberating time, which it was to an extent because it was more acceptable to go to work and have a career. I mean, I think it's key what you said is that that's great, but then that old role from the 50s never left or got separated. And so now we were tacking on, okay, everything from that kind of 50s housewife plus have the career. And there we have it, the super mom, right? You got it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think that was the genesis of it. And like you said, after now decades since the 80s of being in the workforce and doing this, we're starting to wise up to be like, okay, we are literally doing it all. And we are running ourselves into the ground in some cases. Yeah, in a lot of cases. <laughs> and in most cases, I know. To make it even worse, as moms, we tend to put everyone else's needs ahead of our own. And so we're running ourselves into the ground. We're making sure everyone else is tended to. And then we're left like, you know, with our looking around being like, well, there's nothing left for me. So I guess I just keep going. (laughs) I just, I I guess I just keep running on empty and going through the motions. And part of the reason why I started working with moms in the capacity that I do is because everyone else around us is like not necessarily having fun, I guess, but they're like, they get to live their joyful life. They get to do the things that make them happy. They get to fill their cups. And Mm -hmm. like, we should have that same that same opportunity. I don't know why we think we shouldn't, (laughs) but we should. (laughs) Totally. And so I want to talk about how, you know, you bring up this book called The Fair Playbook and what default parenting is. And I think that's a good segue at the moment into this because a lot of times the mom is the default parent. So let the audience know about what a default parent is, what it means. We'll get into that. Yeah. So the book Fair Play is by Eve Rodsky, and she Mm -hmm. does refer to this idea of the default parent. But the default parent is an idea that's been out there for a while. But in general, it's just what it sounds like. It's the person, the parent in the family, the person in the family that everything and everybody defaults to, right? Mm -hmm. So you may have your kids or your partner to say, you know, hey, you guys are going to have dinner tomorrow. So get ready. Mm -hmm. But then when dinner comes around, it's like, oh, well, what are we having for dinner? Or what are we ordering? Like they're Mm -hmm. still defaulting to you for the decisions and the information, even though, you know, you may have even asked for help with that thing. It's the, you know, both parents are home and doing things, but everybody goes to mom. It's just everybody defaults to you as that, no matter what you're doing. Like it's, it's you. On the default parent, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think I mentioned to you, even if it's a night we're going to order in, because I've said, look, I've, I'm finishing work late. I'm tired. I can't cook. Let's order in. The whole family's question comes to me, what are we ordering? And then once that's decided, for some reason, I'm the one that has to get my phone and place the order. And I'm yes. like, I mean, it sounds funny and like a small thing, but it's like, well, why can't someone else just do this? <laughs> just like, it is always, you know, me and it is funny. So there is definitely this default with every little task. And I think that's why it becomes so overwhelming because it's like even the smallest of tasks, right? Like ordering dinner, even that falls on us. It's like no one else takes that over. And it's like insane. I, and, and I think I also mentioned to you too, like there's families that I've known personally and also through my client base where the mom might be the breadwinner, But she's the one still signing them up for soccer, coordinating and planning the birthday party, getting the paperwork into school. It's like, it's just never ending the tasks. 
And that is the default parent. You know you're a default parent if, like, I have an amazing partner. My wife is wonderful. Yep. She really does try to pitch in yes. as much as she can. But even when she's pitching in, she'll say, what can I do to help you? Uh-huh. So you know you're the default parent when your partner says, what can I do to help you? Like, not yes. what can I do? What needs to be done? What can right. I do to help you? Because yes. you're the default. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It crossed my mind, you know, is there a way to not have a default parent or is it just sort of like the natural order of things, right? Yeah. And it's such a great question. I wish I had an answer. <laughs> I would like to hope that there is a way to not have a default parent, but I have not found that way just yet. Mm-hmm. I have found that just through communication and being honest and kind of letting like my daughter and my wife experience what a day is like yeah, <laughs> in my- without you. <laughs> they start to get it a little bit better. And so they will take some of the load, but I am still the default parent. So I will keep you posted if I figure out a way (laughs) or if I hear about a way, I will, you will be the first one I come to. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I'm also a dog mom and it's funny because, you know, pets in the house. I don't know. Do you have pets? Do you have a dog? Oh, we have a small zoo. Yes, we have a small zoo, dogs included. (laughs) Dogs in particular, I find that, you know, they gravitate too. like my husband jokes with me, he calls me pack leader, but it's they know I'm the one feeding. I mean, but they gravitate. I am their default parent, hands down. Yes. It's very funny how that does happen. So even with animals, I think it's true. I think it's mother nature then. And I mean, our animals, similar to our kids, they pick up on patterns, right? So yeah. If our dog walks over to our partner and our partner ignores them and then they walk to us and we're like, okay, and we get up and feed them, well, they just learned like who to yeah. go to. Same with yeah. the thing with our kids, right? If they go to our partner and our partner's not attentive to them in that moment, but then they come to us and because we're mom, we like drop everything <laughs> that mm-hmm. we're doing, then they learn very quickly, oh, that's who I need to go to that's who gets things done. Like yeah, that's, that's, who, that's where I get results. Because I was even thinking, I'm even the default parent for the dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, but it's so true. It's so yeah, true. I can't escape it. So let's chat about mental load because, you know, mental load's a big thing just in life, like in work, there's projects you could be doing, right? And like, sometimes it expends more mental load than anything. But I think being a mom, being a parent in general, there's a lot of mental load with being a parent for moms and dads. But let's talk about it, how it relates to, you know, the super mom syndrome and how it affects moms. First of all, mental load, just so everyone's on the same page, is the planning and remembering of all the things for all the people. And so what quite often happens is even if someone is quote unquote helping us, they're only really helping us with the execution. And so our brain still has to stay on top of the remembering and the planning. And that gets really exhausting. Like our brain just starts to burn out because it's trying to do so many things all at once. And and that's really where the big stress comes from in motherhood is that mental load piece. It's trying to keep everything straight for everybody in the family. Maybe that comes with the default parent. Like maybe there's households where it's not the mom. Maybe, you know, it's the parent that's at home that's the default parent. But in my experiences, it's usually, well, I guess even in our house, we have two moms technically, right? Right. Like I'm the default quote unquote mom of the house. Yeah, no, it's funny. I think no matter what the scenario, there is a default parent. Yeah, it just seems to be, you know, how it goes. And so, yeah, I mean, I think mental load too, you know, we talk a lot about that cliche saying like making sure your cup is full. And it's hard sometimes because like you said, there's always so many details to remember. Like, you know, is the backpack packed? Do they have their soccer uniform? Is it clean? You know, all of those details that, the mental load can really be overwhelming. And when we're depleted, we can have situations, 
And you and I both had one like on the same day, which was so mm-hmm. funny because I saw your Instagram where like our daughters sort of needed some emotional support from us. And you have, you know, an eight-year-old and I have kids that are 18 and 22, right? And I was having a day of like craziness with work. I just didn't even have a second like to eat lunch. It was like one of those days I got a text. I couldn't respond in that moment because I was in a meeting. Then later in the day, I was just really depleted. Like I was overtired. My mental energy had been expended and I just didn't feel like I could respond well. And my daughter was feeling frustrated that she didn't get that from me. And so the next morning I reached out in a text because she's not living here right now. She's living out of state. And I texted to say, you know, I'm really sorry. I was just, I just couldn't even like function, but here's what I would say to what you're dealing with. And she was like, thanks mom. That's all I needed to hear. And you know, the problem is just that she needed to hear it then. But I think I had said to you, you know, the thing about it is with all these things that we're needed for, whether you're the mom, the dad, whatever parent, like we're human beings. And so there's only so much without being completely left dry that we can do. I mean, sometimes I do feel like has to be respected that we're just human, you know? And so my daughter was getting frustrated. She's in an age though, where she should know if I say like, I'm in a meeting, you know what I mean? Like, I just think sometimes I feel like it's not that they forget. They just, the bond with us is so strong. Maybe I don't know what it is, but it's like, well, that doesn't matter. Like I need you now, right? Like it doesn't matter that you're in a meeting, you know, and and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. That's not what I'm saying, but it's sometimes hard to juggle it all because of that. Yeah. And the mental load isn't just in parenting, right? It's keeping track of schedules and, you know, so we just started back to school, right? A couple of weeks ago. And so my wife, again, she is really great. She tries, but just doesn't quite get it. And so she'll say, you know, what can I help you with? Going back to school, what can I help you with? And I'm like, oh boy, I just kind of roll my eyes. But I'm like, thank you for offering the help. Like, I'll take it. And she (laughs) couldn't believe all the prep stuff because she's like, okay, we're going back to school. Like, we just need to get school supplies, right? And I I said, no, we got to check to make sure we have all the school supplies. We got to check. We homeschool. So we got to check to make sure our curriculum's ready. I got to double check to make sure she's registered for these field trips. I got to make sure the right forms are in. We got to check her shoes and clothes, make sure she hasn't grown out of them. Go clothes shopping to replenish the things she has grown out of. Double check with the doctor, make sure she's up to date with all her vaccines. We don't need to do anything before school. Like, and, and I just went down this list and she just stared at me. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I yeah. think when she said, Can I help? She was thinking, like, Oh, I'll go get, you know, I'm going to Walmart. I'll grab some glue sticks and some markers. I think that's what she had in her head. And I just started, I started rattling off this list that was in my brain. Like, right, my brain was huge. Was huge. The and that's the issue, right? Yes. It's, we only have a finite amount of things that our brain can remember and that our brain can do. And it gets so filled up that we then don't function the way we want to. We physically cannot function in the way that we would like to as a mom or as a human being. We just go into this autopilot like robot mode and just go through the motions to get it done because our brain has nothing left. That's the mental load. It's like when the hard drive on a computer is, you know, too full. And it was funny. You gave an example, I think, through your mom's group. You had a mom say, well, my spouse offered to take, you know, my kid to soccer. So that's going to really help. And I think you said to her, um, okay, yes. but who signed them up for soccer? And she was like me. And you were like, and who made sure that the uniform was clean? And she was like me. And you're like, who made sure the bag was packed? You know, and it's so funny because, yeah, they think, oh, well, I'm yep. driving them to the soccer. The water bottle is full. The registration yeah. forms are in. Right. And they're thinking they're helping and it is a help. That's one less, you know, car trip, but it's all that other stuff that like you just said clogs. It's almost like a drain clog, right? And it's the mental load is so thick in there that it's like that has to be expended with it. So I think you have good advice, which is like, if you delegate a task, they have to take the whole task. Yes. And that's from that concept. I wish I could take credit for it because it's so brilliant, but it's from a book called Fair Play by Mm -hmm. Eve Rodsky. Mm -hmm. And her whole book is about, 
you know, just understanding the mental load that we carry as moms and how can we distribute that so that we're not carrying it all anymore. Yeah. She talks about, you know, if someone's in charge of a task in the house, even if it's a child, yeah, they are in charge of the planning, the execution and the follow up. Like yeah. nobody else in the house needs to think about it. It's right. it's taken care of. It's just so important. For me, I know that my mental load has hit its breaking point yes. when I feel like I need to sit in front of a screen and just binge watch something. My body needs a break, but like mm-hmm. I need to not think. I can't read a book because that requires brain power. I have to process the words and like retain the words that I'm reading. Yeah. I can't like I literally just need to stare into space. When I hit those points, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh man, like I'm about to break. Yep. Because I'm getting in front of the screens and like that's what I need to do. And I try to be really aware of that and then say, okay, what can I delegate? What can I redistribute? What can I do? Because I need to incorporate some self-care. And kind of refill stuff. But I can't even accomplish that right now because that requires thinking about what I need. And I can't think about what I need because my brain is just done. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. And I was very much like that the other day. I was just drained. And even though both my kids are away, it's funny. I still have a ton of mental load. Like there's stuff every week they're calling me. They need certain things shipped to them, things that they forgot. There's forms that come up from the colleges that need to be filled out. There's, I mean, it doesn't stop. It's just, you know, and they're young adults right now, but there's still stuff for them that I need to take care of. And it's different than it was before. And now, like I said, there's like that emotional component where because they're both kind of launched on their own, there's times where they need that emotional support while they're gone. And that's really important. But it was like the other day, I couldn't do it right at that time. You know what I mean? And so I think by the end of the day, I was feeling sort of badly about that and tired. I think she was feeling badly. She didn't get what she needed from me, but it all worked out the next day. And she understood when I sent the text. And it was funny because your daughter's much younger and we had almost the exact scenario. So you know, these, yes. these are themes that run through for all of us. And that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think we can help so many people because we all run into the same challenges ultimately. 100%. And yeah. I just another piece on the mental load thing, just so everyone kind of, because I feel like sometimes I'll talk to moms and they're like, oh, I don't have that problem. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm not stressed. I don't have that problem. Yeah. And I will say to them, okay, so when your child comes into the room, Mm-hmm. And says, Mom, where are my blank? Where are yeah. my sneakers? Yeah. And you respond with, oh, they're on the second stair from the top on the left-hand side. Like, yeah. <laughs> you are, your brain is overflowing. Like, your brain shouldn't remember where someone else's sneakers are. But it knows that it has to yeah. because no one else is. And it's just, it's happening at a subconscious level. It's not even an intentional thing. And so if you don't stop and become aware of it, that's when it can kind of sneak up on you. And then you just, you have these big emotional outbursts similar to when our children do. And they take you by surprise because you weren't expecting them. But if you can make yourself aware of what's causing it, which is this huge mental load, then at the very least, when it happens, you can be like, okay, this is why. Like, I'm going to take a few breaths and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. figure See, out of it. Because yeah. it was just always running in the background. And I think you had mentioned this to me before when we were talking, you know, you've had people say this to you or you'll say to somebody, what, you know, what did you do today? And she's like, it's no big deal. Like I fed them breakfast and got them on the bus. But you and I are like, well, let's really break that down because it's like, you had to make sure that you had food in the house to give them breakfast. Yep. You had to make sure you had food in the house to pack the lunch. You had to pack the bag, make sure everybody was dressed on time, get them to the bus on time or the car pickup line. Like it's like all these things. But when she said to you, well, I just got them on the bus. It's not that she didn't know she had to do all those other things, but it's sort of this like subconscious thing, like you just said. And it's something that's always running in the back. And I think that you give really good advice to say, you sometimes need to stop and make yourself aware of all that. Ask for help, be able to delegate because it's when we don't that it sneaks up on us. And like you said, we have either an outburst, a breakdown, a cry in the shower, a, yes. you know, I'm getting out of here, whatever it is. All you of know. the above. <laughs> yeah, all of the above at once, whatever. And so it is important because, like I said, we are only human. You know, we're human. 
Yeah, really we're truly. Mom, but we're human, you know? So, yeah, it's like a lot. It's a lot. It is. <laughs> it is. And I think that this is the missing puzzle piece for a lot of moms. Yeah. Because they know that they're overwhelmed. They yep. know they're stressed. They know they're burnt out. Yep. And they can't quite put their finger on the why. And this right. is the why. It's the mental load. Because I always say, you know, we're moms, we're wives, we're daughters, nieces, granddaughters, we're all that. But we're human beings. Like, yep. <laughs> we're just human. We're not superhuman, but everyone seems to think we are. So yeah, I think this is good. It's like time to take off the cape. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So let's, we will get into next, you know, the big one that's important because having said all of this, we all are doing so much and we all need to be respected for it. And everybody's path in motherhood is different. Some people are working outside the home. Some people are home full-time. Some people are working part-time. Some people are single parents. It runs the gamut, right? I believe there's no right or wrong. There's a what's right for your family. And what's right for your family could be different than mine, but that doesn't mean anybody's wrong. And the mom shaming thing really gets, as we know, a little bit tricky. My accessory course is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course. Or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right. I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So... You can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, you're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Yeah, so I have a perspective or some thoughts on this that I have no proof to back up. Just my own experiences working with moms. Yeah. As with all groups of people, there are some moms that I think are just are like bully-ish. They just feel the need to Mm -hmm. pick on and shame other moms. But I have had several different communities over the years. And there have been several moms that I have kicked out of the communities because they have Mm -hmm. taken part in this mom shaming. And those were kind of like, they didn't care. They, Mm -hmm. they were not sorry that they had done this, but there were quite a few moms that they would make a comment and it was like, obviously mom shaming. And I Mm. would say, you know, I want to have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And it would come out that those moms were feeling so insecure and so like questioning everything that they were choosing, that they needed the validation that what they were doing was right. And they got it by telling the other person that they were wrong. And so when they had that awareness and I could give them that perspective that there's no right or wrong, yeah, it's what's right for you. Yes, and they they were able to rejoin the community and I never had issues with them again. So I feel like if we could really just focus on on lifting each other up and yeah. and helping each other feel be okay. able to trust our instincts that's what i'm yeah. trying to say like if we yeah. can empower each other to trust our instincts and know that motherhood is going to look different for every one of us yes but at the end of the day if our kids are taken care of and they're loved like the rest of it doesn't really matter like did you breastfeed or formula feed like <laughs> Is your kid fed? Awesome. Like, are you working outside the house or are you working inside the house? Yeah. Do you connect with your kid every day? That's all that matters. If it's, you know, 10 minutes of quality time, it doesn't, you know, let's just focus on that. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of coming together 
like you said, having that respect for each other, but for having a discussion too, not automatically getting defensive and saying, hey, you know, where is this coming from? Do you need someone to say what you're doing is okay? Like, are you not getting that from anybody else? And can we be that person for you? Can we be that community for you? Can we envelop, you know, come around you and support you and make you feel really good about your decisions? And is that what you need? I think that would go a long way with the whole mom shaming thing. I know that was kind of a tangent, but I just wanted no, to... No, not at all. And, and I mean, I honestly, I think it's getting harder for younger moms right now because of social media. So like sometimes I look back and I think, I'm glad I didn't have social media to the extent that people have it. Like I wasn't always having to post my kids. And like now with the first day of school and everyone has to have those boards and like all these things, like these little things that are pressure filled. Like, and I think I'm actually glad we didn't have to do that. But when I look at, there's a couple influences in in my area that are moms. And I know that they'll post certain things and they'll get messages constantly. Like, why did you feed your kid that? Or don't let your kid play with that toy because of this, or why do you do? And I'm thinking, my God, that it's, as we just discussed prior, like it's stressful enough. And then you're getting all this scrutiny from frankly, strangers who don't know you, whatever. And it's like, I mean, that could probably be a whole other podcast episode, but like it just adds a whole other layer to being judged in this very difficult job. And it's just never ending. So I think that, yeah, if we could learn to be kinder and especially on social media, before you like reach out and make a comment to whether it be an influencer you follow or another mom, just like count to 10 and be like, there's probably a good reason for that. You know what I mean? Think about why, like if you are the one that's doing the shaming, like think about really, why am I about to write this? Like, am I about to write this because I'm not feeling good about my decisions? So I want this other person to feel bad with me? Like, what's the intention behind it? Exactly. The only additional comment that I would have is I totally agree with you on the social media stuff. And I am not the only one that is like this. There's a lot of other accounts that I follow that are similar. Mm. Um, But I try very hard to not show just the good stuff. I am quite often sharing like real parenting moments. I quite often share stories and things from, you know, in my pajamas with my hair all crazy, just waking up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's when I have the time to do that before my daughter wakes up. Like, so I I try to be as real and authentic as possible for that reason. So that people can see that like, this is real mom life. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of other accounts that do that as well. So my recommendation, I know what you're saying for the mom shaming part. So this is kind of off that topic a little bit, but just as far as filling our cups, like Mm -hmm. I'll kind of bring it full circle, right? Filling our cups and allowing us to enjoy our life. I think a big piece of that is really filtering what we allow to come into our life. And so if you're on social media, you have full control over what you're seeing. If you are being bombarded with accounts that are making you feel bad about the way you're parenting, don't follow them. Like go find the accounts that are making you feel good about your parenting and like showing that you're not alone when you have a bad day or whatever. And I think that that can really help, help us to carry the mental load a little bit easier because it's helping to keep our cups a little bit fuller. Yes. And I think if you are a mom who's an influencer, because I know there are a lot of them today, if there is a troll or somebody making bad comments to you, maybe you need to block them because like you said, you've got to filter what you receive too. Absolutely. you're one of those moms, and I know there are a lot of them and it's great for them because they can you know, make money that way and do things that way. And I think that's wonderful. But if you have people coming at you on how you're mothering or anything, maybe anything else, I mean, people can get really ugly. Like maybe those are just followers that you, sh- you know, need to block or something. Because, Delete and block. Yeah, absolutely. Because that puts a very heavy strain on what we talked about with, of mental load. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I know we're kind of going off on all these little tangents, but it all comes back to the same thing. It all comes back to, you know, meeting our basic needs so that we can help to support the people that we love. And if we are being bombarded with negativity, that's draining our cup and we're not going to be able to be the person we want to be. 100%. 
So you also have some other helpful tips. We talked about things as far as just getting ourselves restored, right? Like mindset shifts, some quiet time, maybe some brain dumping and journaling. If you would just close the show with some of those tips with some helpful advice for the audience, that would be great. And then after that, I'd love for you to let listeners know the best place to find you with website, social media, anything you know you offer that you want to talk about. We will put it all in the show notes. We will also put the name of that book with the author, The Fair Playbook about the default parent in the show notes. So if people would like to refer to that and look at that on their own, that will be there as well. Yes. Yeah, so helpful tips that I personally use and that a lot of the moms that I've worked with use are right off the top having some sort of way to brain dump. And Mm -hmm. this can be brain dumping ideas. Like, you know, if you're a mompreneur and you have content ideas, when I say brain dump, I literally mean like just scribble it down anywhere. It can be in a journal. It can be on your phone. One of my friends saves the junk mail envelopes and writes her ideas on the junk mail envelopes and then sticks them in a folder. Like it can be, it can be anywhere. It can be brain dumping your to-do list. It can be brain dumping meal ideas. But when we get all of those things that we're trying to remember literally Mm -hmm. on paper, Mm -hmm. our brain gets permission to let them go. I find it really helpful when I'm overwhelmed to do that, not to interrupt you, but like this morning I had all these things for my business because I'm looking to have somebody help me on some strategic stuff. And I was like, I just have to like write this through, not only for them, but so that I was clear in my communication to them, like, what is it I'm looking to do? And like, I had all these thoughts and like, I just, I wrote it down. It took me five minutes and then I was able to kind of get up and go on with the next task for my day because it was like blocking me until I got it out of my head. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We spend so much of our brain power just trying to remember things, schedules, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. have some sort of a area where you can quote unquote brain dump your appointments and activities, you know, like a calendar or like a family hub or something where it's all written down because that frees up your brain and your mental capacity to be thinking about other stuff. You're not so like focused on all these minutia, these little details. And you're not like, oh my gosh, if I don't remember to do this, like that's going to be bad. Well, just write it down and then you can go where it needs to go. So brain dumbing is huge. So we as human beings, us and our kids, we have these two, I call them cups or buckets. And one is control. The second one is connection. Mm -hmm. And connection encompasses, you know, feeling connected to ourselves, Mm -hmm. like remembering who we are, feeling connected to our partners and our kids. So having those fulfilling relationships, feeling connected to our environment, Mm -hmm. right? Feeling really safe and calm and connected to our environment, feeling connected to a larger community. Like it has a lot of different layers to it. And that's where the self-care comes in. So if you think about, you know, people say all the time, self-care, you know, take a bubble bath or go for a nice walk or whatever. But if you think about what those activities are actually doing, it's reconnecting you to something. It's reconnecting you to yourself. It's reconnecting you to nature. It's And so when we're thinking about self-care and Mm -hmm. filling our cups, find a way every single day to just do a little bit of, you know, five minutes even to do some sort of activity that will reconnect you to your world. Because if you're not connected, if you're not tethered, then we're walking around like robots and we're just mindlessly going through the motions, right? We're disconnected. Yeah. So that's really, really huge. There's a couple of mindset shifts that have really helped me. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, I talked to you about it, is the realization that every superhero has a team and just letting go of that thought that I need to be the one to do everything. Yeah. No, no one's going to do it as good as me. No one will do it as fast as me. Yeah. You know, oh, my kid needs to have their shoes on and we are five minutes late. Yeah. I have learned to let go and say, okay, 
you need to put your own shoes on. I'm going to go through this for myself and then we'll get out of the house rather than trying to do it all because I can do it faster. So just like really trying to utilize my family team, Mm -hmm. but also having a team of other moms that support me has been a huge game changer. And I can talk about that in a second. The other big mindset shift that has really helped, and this goes for the mental load for being a default parent, like like it goes for every single topic we've touched upon today is the, we use it as an acronym, but the word fail. And Mm. I did not invent this. I saw this like 10 years ago in like a business poster somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I just have incorporated it into everyday life. But when you can use fail, Mm. fail, F-A-I-L as an acronym, it means first attempt in learning. That's great. And if we are not failing, we are not growing. And so I try to bring people back to, you know, well, they'll say, I'm a mom. I should know X, Y, and Z. Well, okay. Have you ever been a mother before? No. Well, then how should you know it? Like you're learning how to be a mother. Therefore, you're going to fail because that's part of learning new things. Or I'll, you know, someone will be like, oh, I, this is my second child. I should know. Okay, well, have you been the mother of two children before? No. Okay, well, then you're going to fail because you're learning how to be the mother of two children. That's different. (laughs) The second child's personality could be totally different. I mean, isn't there there an expression? I think it's called failure way to success. Yes, yes. And so just having that shift of like, oh, it's not if, it's a when and how many times. Like I am going to fail. I am going to make mistakes because I've never done this before. And it takes the pressure off of having to feel like you have to do everything perfectly. Yeah, And you can use it in your parenting because now we can show our kids you don't have to do everything perfectly. And we can show them what it looks like to fail and get excited about it or, you know, to like learn from these mistakes and grow from them. It benefits everybody. I tell my kids that all the time. Like you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. Like it's just because you're human. And it's like, I think if you don't do that too, they don't know how to handle disappointment. Mm -hmm. And listen, we all have to be able to handle disappointment. That is part of life. And so we're not doing our kids any favors by sheltering them from all of that. So yeah. Agreed. So those are my three go-to tips is doing that brain dumping in whatever capacity Mm -hmm. uh, to free up some of that space, to get rid of the overwhelming mental load, Mm -hmm. Uh, taking those opportunities, even if it's just for five minutes, you know, maybe in the morning and then once in the afternoon to do something that reconnects you to some part of your life. And that is the filling of your cup. That is the self-care. And then, you know, those mindset shifts of failing is actually a good thing because it means we're moving forward, we're progressing, we're learning this new craft or skill. Yeah. And that even the awesomest of the superheroes, they have a team around them. And so we need to find our team. We need to create our team as well. Yeah. So one other quick thing, if you are the default parent, right? is the advice then obviously if you do have your team, that's going to help. But a thing to help with that also would also just be to be able to speak up and articulate, hey, I need help with this type of thing so that that all those little tasks we talked about aren't falling on you as the default parent. Yeah. So in the book, Fair Play, Mm -hmm. the whole second half of the book is like all the tasks that we might do. Yeah. And so yeah, just sitting down and having a conversation. And I think a lot of the times we don't give our kids enough credit. Like we don't see how helpful they really can be. So like, you know, at the end of the day to make sure that the backpacks for school are packed and ready to go for the next day. Right. Like Even if you have just a kindergartner, Mm -hmm. if you give them a sheet with pictures on it of what needs to be packed, they can take full responsibility of that task. So the key is to assign these tasks out to different people uh, in the family based on what their strengths are and their abilities set them up for success for it. But the important part is if they are taking that task, they are taking the task, the full task. This has been amazing. Let's close the show by having you give the platform to find you on your website, any social media platforms, anything you want them to know, we will put it all in the show notes. 
That's great. Yeah. So my website is happy mama, M-A-M-A, wellness.com. Okay. And my favorite social platform is Instagram. I hang out there pretty much on a daily basis. And <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm at happy mama wellness on Instagram. But the place that I hang out the most, like hours a day, because I love interacting is my membership community. Mm-hmm. So that's the Happy Mama Wellness community. And it's a paid community, but everyone gets their first month free because I want to make sure it's a good fit for them. And we have myself in there as a parenting mentor. We have a home organization mentor. We have a business mentor. And then we have a guest mentor each month that rotates out. That's great. And we do coaching calls every week. We do co-working sessions. We do, we call them mama huddles where it's literally like grab your coffee and just come sit and chat and vent and celebrate. It's just really, that's my team. How do people access that? Is that through your website or is it a Facebook group? How does that? So yeah. it's it's on a platform called Mighty Networks and you can oh, I'm um, familiar get with there Mighty, yeah. through my website. You can get there through my link in my Instagram bio. So when you join, like it'll tell you you're joining. Uh, it's $47 a month. So you, I think you have to like put in a credit card, but that first month is free and you can cancel it yeah. anytime. So if you're like, this isn't really a good fit for me, then as long as you cancel before the 30 days, you don't get charged anything. That's my place. That's my hub. That's where my team lives. So I spend a lot of time there. Your people. So the website will be in the show notes for everybody. And if you want to join Lynn's group, navigate her website to click on to join that. That sounds really wonderful. And yeah, so that's on the community tab. So it's happymamawellness.com and then there's a community tab. Okay, perfect. We'll add that to the show notes as well. And then I think even following you on Instagram, like I said today, your story inspired me because we had gone through something so similar in the last 24 hours. And so it was like, oh, wow, like I'm not the only one. Because I like yes. felt like a dud yesterday, like I didn't handle that well. And I recovered today from it as well as my daughter. But then I heard your story. I'm like, oh my God, she went through virtually the same thing. So yeah. Yes. And that's why I show up on Instagram even when I don't want to show up because <laughs> it's part of my mission really, truly to help other moms have this epiphany that super mom doesn't exist. And like yeah. that this is what real motherhood is like. It's messy. Yeah. It's scrappy. There's yep. days where it's really hard and there's yep. days where it's really wonderful. Yep. And that part of it is the same for all of us. The details might be different, but that general experience is the same for all of us. And it's so powerful when you realize you're not alone. It is powerful. And I will just say from a mom who has older kids now, just to kind of like leave people with this, that all those hard days, and there are plenty of them, you're overtired, you're impatient, you're crying, whatever it may be, when your kids reach an age where they start to sort of step into their life, because I now have had my kids graduate high school, one go to college, one's now in grad school, one's in college, and you see them kind of go in their path toward their dream. All I can tell you is the amount of joy to just witness that is worth every second of all the grit and the mistakes and the crying and the chaos and all that other stuff. And there's fun moments too, like when they were young, there's all, so I'm not, but I'm just trying to say like those hard days seem like the longest days, even though they may not be. And all I can say is that the reward is exponential. And uh, and I'm curious if you experience this too, but I hear mom say all the time, like I've lost myself. I've lost myself yeah. as a mom. Yeah. And I am having the exact opposite experience in that challenges and the really awesome days are helping me to find who I really am. Like they're helping That's me great. to see like how powerful, how strong I am. Yes. Yes. That I can fall down. Yeah. And that I can get back up. And like it has been, again, scrappy and hard, like you're saying, but I have found myself in motherhood. And so, yes, I wonder if people sometimes when they say they lost themselves, if maybe they are not finding themselves. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think when you're in the throes of it, it can be difficult. I had a period where when my kids were very young, my husband was traveling a lot. So I was just robotic and Mm -hmm. I lost myself because I didn't have a minute to find myself. And it wasn't until I sort of had to crash and burn 
to literally like stop and be like, okay, what's happening here? I also found that in retrospect, like when I look back at those days, I'm like, wow, I was very resilient. I was Mm -hmm. very strong. I was this, I was that. And it's in retrospect, but I think no matter when it comes in the journey, you learn from it. And I mean, I think the fact that you're in the throes of it and you're able to see it now is awesome. I think sometimes it just can be hard depending on everybody's situation. For sure. Because I'm not the same person I was before, but I like this person better. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I think you give somebody a good advice so that you're not like me and don't let it take you by storm. Like stop in the middle of the chaos and be like, okay, what can I see here about myself and all my strengths? Because there are so many we all have. Yeah. We're beasts, man. We are animals, Us man. moms. We're beasts. <laughs> <laughs> we we go swinging. We go down taking names and we pop oh, yeah, up I'm and you. do it again. <laughs> don't mess with a mom. That's right. That's right. Well, this has been awesome, Lynn. I appreciate all your time. I think this conversation is so important. I think it's going to resonate. And I'm glad we had such an honest and candid point of view of it because I think that's important. I think some people are afraid to be candid sometimes in the sort of perfectness of everything we're supposed to live up to. And so I'm really glad that we kind of took it down a notch and we're able to kind of like show this side of it. Well, thank you for having me. This was really wonderful. Great. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did tremendously. I think Lynn is a great resource. I think it's a really important topic because as grand and rewarding as motherhood is, and it's a very positive experience overall, there's a lot of joy in it. Having this unconditional love for our children is a wonderful thing to experience. The day-to-day of it can be really hard. And I think that sometimes we feel like we're not allowed to say that because that means we're saying we don't love our kids or we don't love motherhood. And that's just simply not the case. So I think we have to be able to feel like we can talk about it and it doesn't mean we're bad mothers. And, you know, there's just all this judgment about it, which is why we also discuss the mom shaming. I mean, it's really got to stop because what's right for your family is right for your family and no one should or could you know, be able to tell you that that is wrong. So I really hope you enjoyed it. I know it's something that is a common struggle for all of us. We have a lot of common challenges and themes and nobody's alone. And Lynn has a great group. So check it out if you want to. And from my home to yours, I will see you here soon. Take care. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmanandtears.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the Room Planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.